As an engineering leader, you know firsthand that achieving work-life balance can be hard. Many business owners struggle with the balance between their personal lives and their work. This leads to stress and a feeling of regret. But that's not the case for the listeners of the Engineer Your Success podcast with Dr. James Bryant. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. Tune in. Let's engineer your success today. I want to welcome you to the Engineer Your Success podcast. My name is Dr. James Bryant, your host for the show. And I have the pleasure of having Mr. James Taylor here as a guest. So James, before you introduce yourself to the audience, I'll tell you what my impression of you was. We were at the National Society of Professional Engineers Conference, and I see this guy who seems like he's brimming with light and joy, and he's happy, and he's Mm -hmm. like larger than life, and doing one of the ceremonies, he's bringing his kids up, his wife, and he's talking about his family, and I've got to have this guy on the podcast. So James, I want to thank you for joining us today, and just tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. I, I appreciate you having me on. Appreciate you saying those things. I want to clarify for everyone who was expecting the singer-songwriter, James Taylor. That's not me. That's a, a, a different person, but I appreciate being on uh, your podcast today. Engineering is something that I'm passionate about. Leadership development is something I'm passionate about. But I, I think you're, you've been big on it, of winning at work and also winning at home. And, and family is number one for me. And we work hard, but we also play hard and have that experience with the family to make sure that they're always there by your side. Oh, that's great. So tell us a little bit about your family and then what you're doing career-wise. Yes. For my family, I have a wonderful and beautiful wife, Laura. We've been married for five and a half years now. We actually grew up with each other. Our families knew each other when we were younger, got disconnected for many years, and then I rekindled that relationship and it, it made sense number of years ago to get married. And so it's been a wonderful five and a half years and love it. We have a three and a half year old son who, if you think that I have the energy, he's got more energy than I do. Yeah. And is just the bundle of joy that just lights up anyone that, that might be feeling bad that day. So he's, he's incredible. Love him. He's in preschool right now. So he's learning all the stuff that he can, but yes, yeah, so that's my wife and my son, and obviously the extended family that we have as well. Family's really close to both of us. We love to travel and go different places as much as we can. And our, our son is turning into that little traveler as well. We hop on the airplane and he's ready to go. So that's a little bit about my family as far as what I do. I'm a associate vice president and a senior project manager at Verdantis, which is an environmental and engineering consulting company that's focused on the natural and the built environment. So I lead a group of about 25 engineers, designers, and drafters in day-to-day on multitudes of projects, whether it be residential, commercial, land development. And then we also work with some clients on the municipal side of things with their helping their local governments achieve the goals that they have in their industry or in their local area. So a little bit of a wide variety, but it's been fun. I love it. No, that that's great, James. And the one thing I would say is 
your love for your family shows when you were at the conference, the, your love for your company and what you're doing in terms of professionally shows just in your interactions. <laughs> and so I often say that people will know what matters to you, whether you like it or not, yep. because it shows in your actions and it shows in your body language. I applaud you for being able to show what's really important to you. So as you have grown in your career, what would you say were some of your biggest leadership challenges as you've been progressing in your career? So even from the very beginning with school, there was hurdles and been very open about those hurdles that it took me to get through school, get my professional engineer's license, where just it took a lot of time to, to do, but it took a lot of dedication. And when you have those hurdles, you have to jump over them and, and keep pushing forward. I think probably one of the other pieces in life is there's obviously those seasons in life, right? So when I first be graduated and got my first engineering job, it was fantastic. I loved it. It was, I worked, I might've worked real late into the night, done whatever I wanted to do. Yep. No worries. Like I was only responsible for myself, probably got into some bad health habits of not eating right, not exercising. So James, there are many people that are listening and are like, check, check, check. Yep. Yes. That, that you're it, talking about me. You're talking about me. You're talking about me. Go ahead, man. It, it, exactly. And I think it's human nature, right? We, you were talking about the, the priorities in life and there's a, the saying that show me what you spend your time on and yes. you'll see the priorities. And as life has gone on, those seasons in life have changed and those priorities have changed and it, I'm still working a lot. I'm still working doing what I, when I can and, and doing what I can to be able to service our clients and work with our employees to continue to grow and advance their career. But there's those times where, hey, this is it's a family time. I got to be focused on this. And, and some of those priorities have changed over the years of where before I might've been very much more focused on got to get the job done. I'm still got to get the job done, but I got to be more strategic in the time that I'm spending to make sure that I'm still accomplishing all the goals that need to happen in the workplace, but also make sure that as my son continues to grow in his life, that I'm there for his major milestone moments. Because you always hear it, people say, you go back and you look at your career when you're retiring, you don't say, oh, I wish I were to work more. Most people are saying, hey, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I think there's that ebb and flow sometimes of, hey, there's sometimes where I got to work a lot more. But there's also those times where it's, okay, I need to take this break. I need to be with my family. I need to do those things with them to be able to really uh, prioritize them and make sure that those are at the forefront. No, I, I love it because what you're essentially in the beginning, you're saying that we flow with the different seasons that we are, where we are in life. So there are times when early on you're working long hours, you're there, you're putting it in. You're doing what you need to do and you're feeling fulfilled when you're doing it because you are, that's how you have defined success. Then you get married. Okay, wait a minute. I can't do exactly the same things that I was yeah. doing before because now I have another individual who is here that I love and I care about. And okay, so I can't do that. So that shifts. Oh, wait a minute. Now we have children and mm -hmm. okay. I, I, so the priorities continue to shift. The, some people don't shift their priorities with seasons in life. So yeah. they're stuck in 
operating in season one the way that they were in season one when they're actually in season three or four. It's a tough thing to learn in the instance, right? If you're, if you spend too much time, it's too late by the time you realize I need to go back and I need to make this right and make this different. And there's that category of the hierarchy of what's important. And for me, that number one is my faith and relationship with God. That's number one. And then family second, and then work is after that. And when you start realizing where those priorities are imbalanced, you know, that's the tough part. And the one thing I want to say is like, I love the term work-life balance. However, work and life are never in balance. Correct. And I've been saying this, I don't know if you, work life harmony, right? They work together. You have a melody and you have a harmony and they play against each other. You, know, you look, so listen to great music, right? And if you were just to listen to the melody, everyone knows the melody, right? Which I, I in this place, I would say it could, it's most likely work, right? Everyone knows for, that. For that, most that, people, yes. Yep. That melody is work, right? That life piece has to come in when you add that life aspect to things, you create a masterpiece, right? And so that harmony is the aspect that has to be there. It, it can't be the balance uh, as much as we want it to be. We, the saying of, do you live to work or do you work to live? Okay. And it's really that harmony aspect that has to come into play. I love that aspect. I've heard of work-life harmony before. But I've never had anyone break it down the same way that you have from a musical perspective and in something that we can all understand. So you have the melody, it's there, people are normally singing along the melody, it's there, but the harmony fills out the sound Mm -hmm. and makes it into something more fuller than it would be all on its own. I think that's pretty cool. What I'd like to say about work-life balance is that it's a dynamic balance. When you're walking, you're a quote unquote balance, but you're doing small little shifts with each step that you mm-hmm. take in order to keep you walking in the direction that you're going. If you're going up a cliff, right now, your season has changed. You're going up a cliff. You're shifting how you're walking to maintain your balance. And so that's how I look at one of the ways that I look at work-life balance. But for me, it's it was probably like the presentation I gave at the conference where I talked about the three questions that changed my life because some people have difficulty thinking about work-life balance because they'll say, oh, it's not balance. It's not a real thing because we work, yeah. it's going to have to be in balance. So for me, it's just the approach of asking those three questions. Do I want to win at work? Yes. Do I want to win at home? Yes. Am I winning at work and at home? And if you can't answer that question, yes, then you need to work on work-life harmony, work-life balance, whatever you want to call it. That is a clarion call that you need help and that you need to do something different. Yeah. And one of the, one of the, I think the toughest parts is I think a lot of people I can identify the fact that, yes, I want that to be there. However, putting into practice after habits have been established makes it so much more difficult. And that's where even starting off like I was talking about where it was like, hey, I'm just going to work. I'm going to do these different things. That continues to go. And that's the mentality that I said of this is what work means. And so as I continue to grow in my career, I keep going back to that initial foundation of what that was. And you have to almost break that and reimagine that aspect of what 
those pieces are so that everything comes together. Look, we have to work. Like, yeah. there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. <laughs> we have to be successful in our work, right? Yes. We have to do our best jobs. And if people are calling us, we have to answer. There's all of those things that are out there. Yes. But what the piece is, are you making the time for the other things that are important in your life? Yes. And one of the things that are important that often gets neglected is ourselves. Mm-hmm. Not just our families. Right. It's no, it's not, but ourselves. And for some reason, we tend to, some people tend to think that self care is very selfish. That if I, I can't take the time to care for myself because if I do that, I'm being selfish. My approach to that is that the most selfish thing that you can do is not take care of yourself. Yeah. Because if you don't take care of yourself, you are depending on others to have to take care of you or you're not going to be there to be able to show up for the other people that you love in your life. That last piece you said is the key, right? If you don't take care of yourself, how can you take care of the others? Yeah. And honestly, it's something that I go home and I sit there and I say, did I take care of myself today? Nope, I didn't. And I can feel it, right? Like I can feel it when I don't do the right things. I know what the right things are, but I struggle to put them into place each and every day. And I think it's a struggle for all of us, right? Because we start going through and we're, okay, hustle and bustle, right? The hustle fallacy, everything else that's out there, like, You got to keep work and keep going. It's okay, but did I take care of myself? And I've really tried to make sure that I'm doing something at least weekly of taking care of myself. Am I taking the time to just relax? Relaxation and rejuvenation are a huge part of your growth as a person and a growth as a professional. The, The sooner you realize that you need that rest and rejuvenation, the easier you realize that you're getting better thoughts, you're getting more creativity in what you're doing because you are allowing your brain to take a break. Yeah. When your brain is always on, it can't keep making decisions. It, can't, it just can't. Like you, you have that that this decision fatigue of continuously making decisions and you have to take that step back. And so once you realize that, hey, I need that rest and rejuvenation, my vacation is so important, right? PT, PTO or whatever you want to Get away from what you're doing. Like you have to take that time away in order to really m- make sure that you're able to be there for everyone else around you. Okay, so, so James, you've talked about starting out your career and defining what work was and how you were locked in. And you've talked about where you are now in terms of having a greater level of awareness, being able to build those things in. And you've talked about the fact that you have to shift when your seasons shift. What was your aha moment? Hi, this is James, and I want to give you a personal invitation to come to the next Success or Ramp. These are small group complimentary monthly meetings to help you win at work and at home. Are you interested in setting and achieving goals, in building habits that stick, becoming a more powerful communicator, Listen, you do not have to do this alone. Register for the next success on ramp today and join other like-minded people who are on the road to achieve success both in business and in life. Use the link in the show notes to grab your spot today. What was the thing that helped you to become more aware of the changes that you may have needed to make? I think there's been probably multiple that 
that have occurred. Obviously, the seasons in life changing and realizing that, hey, I've committed to a relationship. I need to be there for that person. That was a big change, obviously. Mm -hmm. But the most recent one was probably about a year ago. And it was at work and, and I really just had a breakdown, like literally just broke down because I was being asked to do so many different things. And one of my biggest failures or biggest, I don't know what's best to say, but I'm someone that has a hard time saying no. I'm a people pleaser. I like to say yes. Um, I'm going to find a way to make things happen. And at some point, you just keep saying all the yeses and <laughs> it just keeps building up. And I think that's where, you know, about a, about probably a little over a year ago, I got to that point where it just was like, I'm doing too much. Like, I can't keep doing this. And it was great because when that happened, the company came behind me and was like, we need to get you help. We need to get you support because you are doing too much. And so that's what you want from an employer. Yeah. You want them to be able to support you through those things. And honestly, they thought I was okay because I was holding it in, but I was taking on too much and it's coming from different angles. So it's not that it was a bad thing. It was that I felt like I could do everything. And then it came to the realization that I couldn't. I came to that realization that I couldn't. And then when I asked for help, they supported and, and even they offered help even before that. And so that was really the moment I was going home. So I was working seven to five. I was coming home, spending the time with my family for like about maybe three hours or so before my son went to bed. And then I would log back on the computer and, and start back into work and work till about 11 or 12 at night then I'm not getting the rest, right? I'm not getting the break that I need to be able to continue to move forward. And that really made a, an impact on me of just really realizing that something has to change because I can't keep doing this. Yeah. And, and when I applaud you for the courage to speak up and to go to your employer and say, mm -hmm. hey, I'm doing too much. This is a lot. I need help. And for those of you that are listening and you feel that you are under that weight, that pressure of doing too much, I would encourage you to structure a conversation with your employer, to structure a conversation, to be able to express to them what is actually going on. Because if you yeah. don't, James said, they tried to give him help, but he was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. good. I'm good. Exactly. And then when he finally said, yeah, I need help. They're like, okay, we thought you were doing too much. We're here to support you. The company, they should be there to support you. Absolutely. Because when you are able to do that, to take those steps to optimize your work performance, you're going to optimize your contribution to the company and mm -hmm. to your family. I've always said, and it's one of those things where, you know, I believe it because I care about people. Well, if you take care of your employees, the employees will take care of the work. And so if you, as long as you're there for them and be there to be able to support them, for Dantis as a people's focus, people first company, like they really are, are all about that, but it, it still takes that step. Like you were just saying, like, I can hide things back pretty well, right? Hey, I can put on that happy face and make it seem like everything's good. Speak up. Just speak yes. up. Yeah. Speak up. Don't be afraid to say when you need some help, when you need assistance, because ultimately you want to make sure you're continuing to perform and your company wants you to perform as well. I think that's absolutely fantastic advice, James. Sometimes I'll ask questions of guests of, okay, what would you tell a younger version of yourself? So what do you wish you would have known much earlier in life or 
in your career, or at least maybe not have known, but had the wisdom to put into practice? The biggest thing for me is ask for help. I already talked about it, but it's unfortunately, I haven't learned from my mistakes. I'm still someone that, hey, I want to be strong. I want to be the person that's able to do these things. And even going all the way back to school, like I didn't ask for help. And my grade suffered because I didn't understand and I didn't ask for the help to understand. So that was a struggle. Then it was, okay, as you're going through, you don't have to know everything. You don't. Like some of the stuff of what we do as engineers is not knowing everything, but knowing who knows those things, right? As being a consultant, right? Yep. You have to continue to grow and, and invest in yourself to have that development and be that technical person that your license says or whatever else it says. But you don't have to always think that you have to be the one to solve the pro- to have the solution. You need to be able to evaluate different solutions and come up with the best one. And so if you don't know, ask for help. And that's one of those pieces that I still have to continue to remind myself day in and day out of, if I can't get it done, just ask for help. Yeah. We'll find a way to get, get a you know, way to get it done. So that's probably my biggest advice is don't be afraid to ask for help. Oh, and, think- and yeah. Wait, it, I was going to say, I think that's great. It's one of those things where I think the issue is it's vulnerable. It's a vulnerability because it shows a weakness or we think it shows a weakness. And I wanted to clarify that because it's not a weakness to ask for help. Correct. It, we think it's a weakness to ask for help. And, and that's, that would definitely be the piece for me. Yeah. It, actually, asking for help is a sign of because you have to be strong enough to put your pride aside put whatever your ego is aside and say, you know what? I really don't understand this. I really would like some help because ultimately you want to get to the solution for your client or you want to get to the answer to the problem. And you don't have to be the one is the sole generator of that. Right. And so definitely asking for help is a key one. Are there any other things that you see? So what advice would you have for a, a manager? They're managing their team. And what are like three or four keys to managing that team? Yeah. So uh, one of the biggest things is understanding that not every person is the same. I think in a lot of industries, there is the mentality of each person. You can treat each person the way you treat the other person. And realistically, that's not the case. You have to get to know your staff. You got to get to know your team. And understand what makes them tick because each person individually deals with things differently and each person is at a different skill set level. So the number one thing, in my opinion, is understanding and knowing your team. That would be the absolutely number one thing because from there, everything else can go, right? You, If you know your team, you understand how to communicate with them, which will be another key, I would say. From there, you can build that relationship because you get to understand and then you create that those high-performance teams. So number one is get to know your people. That's for sure. Okay. Know your people. Number two, you alluded to be able to effectively communicate, communicate. to the people. Yep. And it's hard to communicate effectively if you don't know your people. Yeah. And, and the way that I say is that I, I had to, everything I needed to learn about communication, I learned in the first three years of marriage because my wife and I, give and receive communication differently. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn how to package what I was communicating in a way in which she could actually receive it and do something with it. So it's learning how to package that. And and depending on how diverse your team is, there's some people that are going to need a whole lot more detail. Mm -hmm. And there are other people 
that are going to be concerned about the summary and the action item. So understanding how to communicate what to whom. Hey, this is James, and I'm here to help you win at work and at home. Let's connect. You can use the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary session. And we're going to walk through the steps that it's going to take for you to start thriving so you can engineer your success and live the life that you love. Come on, sign up today. Exactly. And and a lot of that starts with the why, right? Defining the why behind what we're doing is one of the biggest things. And if we're not able to communicate that effectively, it gets lost in translation. And each person has a different way of receiving that communication, like you're saying, whether that's through individual discussion, which it's, you have to be with them in the room. You have to, you can write it down and, and say, hey, do this. There's a lot of different ways of those communication techniques that you can really apply with your teams. But all of that builds back to understanding how that person ticks and what they need in order to communicate properly. You gave a great example, right? Your relationship with your wife. You have to understand how to communicate with each other or else it's never going to work, right? Like yeah. that, it, it yes. just doesn't work that way. So if you're able to really understand your team, I'm not going to say the way that you understand your spouse, <laughs> but if you understand your team in a way that you can effectively communicate with them, it's going to set yourself up for success. Yeah. And one of the more interesting challenges is that you have to own your ability or inability to communicate. Does your team have a responsibility to take things in? Absolutely. So I'm not excusing the team and what their job and role is. But if something is miscommunicated, if, if you're trying to communicate something clearly and it isn't translating clearly, it's a problem with how you're communicating. Yeah, absolutely. Communication is two-way street. If not, it's just sending a signal, right? Yeah. Communicating is saying something or messaging something and receiving it and the person receives it. Yep. So that it's got to be, it's got to be both ways. It's not just, hey, I'm telling you what to do. They have to effectively understand what you're trying to say or else there is that breakdown in communication. Yep. And, and that, and I always come back to, that is the responsibility of the person that has the message that they're trying to communicate. Yep. If I have a message I'm trying to communicate to you, it's not getting, it's not clear. That's on me, not you. I will also say, I agree, 100% agree with that. But if the person doesn't understand, ask the clarifying questions to get yes. yourself to understand, right? Because you can't just, you can't just have that relationship built in an instant. And that's understood, right? You got to grow with it. But if the person receiving the communication doesn't understand, ask those questions. And the person that's sending them the communication has to be receptive of answering those questions. So this is like the two sides of the same coin Mm -hmm. issue. If I'm the person giving communication, I am taking accountability or responsibility for my ability to deliver or transmit that message. If I'm the person receiving, communication and I'm not getting the message, then I'm going to take responsibility for asking clarifying questions so that I can better understand or get to an understanding about what's being communicated. Absolutely. It's, we all have responsibility. Yes. We all have a responsibility. I think that is great. James, I'm really enjoying our time here on our interview. 
I just when I think about leadership, and I know you're big on leadership development. I've seen some of your posts on LinkedIn. I see some of the activities that you're doing. Can you just talk about leadership development for a little bit? I talked about responsibility, right? Uh, yeah. We are all responsible for our own leadership development. I think, and I think I fell into this trap initially of I was looking for someone to provide me with what I need to do to grow as a leader. Mm-hmm. And realistically, that's not anyone else's responsibility but yourself. If you want to go grow as a leader, you need to become active in organizations that are going to help you grow. James, you mentioned National Society of Russian Engineers. I've been a, a member for a number of years. I serve as the state president here in Delaware. <clears throat> also served as the new professionals director on the, the national board. So have been involved for a number of years, been there focused on that leadership development. Read books. Reading books is probably the best way that you can grow as a leader because you're able to pick up all this knowledge in such a short time span when you think about those different things. And then the third thing with leadership development is find those mentors around you that can really help you grow and really have those conversations with them, whether it's the technical side or it's the leadership, whatever it is, just find those mentors that can really help you and really invest in you to be able to push you forward. And so when you're able to do a combination of those things, you can really grow as a leader and and adapt and and continue to push your career forward. No, I think that's all great advice. So what are your book recommendations or a book recommendation? I have two books on my desk right now that I haven't started reading, but I heard they're really good. Okay. One is The Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lencioni. Lencioni, And the second one is Trust and Inspire by Stephen Covey, Covey that I'm really looking forward to diving into. Both more on the the people side of things, of really building your teams and also working on the development of your groups and the people that you work with. So those are two that I'm really looking forward to diving into. And there's a number of them that are out there that that I could go through of of ones that I've really enjoyed recently. But I think it's, I think it's always, it's finding the ones that are best for you and allowing you to grow in the moment, moment, right. I have a list of books, right? I have, yeah. I have such a lo- bookshelf of just books that I haven't gotten to because at one point in time, I was like, oh, I think that looks like a good book. Let me grab that to be able to talk in the future. So yeah, find something, fi- find things that are out there. It's always tough because leadership books, it seems like people are continuously coming out with the next yeah. thing. And so there's always uh, a resource that's out there that's available to keep you moving forward. No, I think that's absolutely great. I didn't mean to put you on the spot there for the book recommendation. Maybe we'll be able to have you come back and talk about one of the two books. Oh yeah, absolutely. Those, that would probably be a really good More discussion than or some kind of a series of discussions. Do you have any parting thoughts, any questions for me? I'll give you the opportunity to put me on the spot. I can always dub it out, but I'll give you the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, the one, you're the one that gets to edit. <laughs> Yeah. The, the podcast, you're right. Yeah, yeah I, I'll give you the opportunity to put me on the spot before we close this out. I think just real quick, going back to the leading teams thing, just want to yeah. hit on two more quick things. One is meeting with your team on a regular basis. And the second thing is learning how to really develop those goals for help vision their goals and help push them forward in their career or in life, whatever, whichever both. way they want to go. I think both. It is. There are some people that don't want they don't want to mesh the two worlds. And, and I understand that. I'm someone that 
you know what? My work is part of my life as a whole. They interact, right? So you're going to get both from me. I'm going to be very honest about both parts of my life when I talk about things, but it's really setting those goals and understanding what their career are that are available to them and, and pushing them in that direction and helping them with them. So those are just the last two things on that. As far as parting words or parting thoughts, just as leaders, we have to continue to grow uh, day in, day out. You're never, you never stop growing. You never stop learning. And so finding those different aspects of, of ways to grow is going to be beneficial in your life. So just keep pushing forward. There's always room for improvement and you can continue to make this world a better place. No, I, I think that is great. So you're put you're letting me go off the hook, right? So we're good. No, you're good. Key questions for me. Okay, great. Do you want me to give you a question? No, you're it. even you're okay. Give me a question. What do you got for me? All right. So let's see. So how do you balance between working too much? It's always thing that's out there, right? Like, how do you make sure that you're making the time and saying that no? Part of you is like, hey, for my career, I want to keep saying that yes and continue to grow. But that saying that a, no. That is a great question. I would say for me, learning to build boundaries around what's really important to me and keeping in constant communication with my family so that they understand the particular season that I'm in. Being able to have conversations with my kids and my, my wife saying, hey, next week, I'm going to be working on a big project for, let's say, the University of Virginia. So I'm not going to be around to do X, Y, and Z, but being able to communicate that pretty frequently to them so that we all have a common understanding of what's going on. It's not easy, but you have to be intentional about how you use your time and how you communicate. And even being intentional with how you communicate to your clients, being intentional with how you communicate to your team, you have to be intentional about those communications. The boundaries are what are important, right? So that's what keeps us in the lines, right? Even with sports, right? You got the fair and foul ball. You got inbounds, out of bounds in the football. When you make the catch, there's... That's what makes the game exciting. The fact that there are boundaries. Yeah. When there are no boundaries, the game isn't exciting anymore. Anything goes. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, great thought. I appreciate that. No, you got it, man. So I'm going to end this the podcast episode like I end all my podcast episodes, and that's this. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it. And there's a select group of people that actually follow through, do it, live in the life and career of their dreams. Mr. James Taylor, I want to thank you for being part of that select few, man. I appreciate it. It's, it's good as always to talk to you and looking forward to more discussions in the future. All right, James, thank you. And for our listeners, this is Dr. James Bryant, your guide for winning at work and at home. And I want you to have a blessed week this week. Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it and a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life. And it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks. Thanks.